I have my Drunken Taoist guidebook. Look Perfect. how much. I think we could get a book out of that somewhere, but right? none of it's legible. <laughs> oh, man, you should see. I'll show you later if I find it. Uh, I found my notebook from like when I was 16 with like novels and shit. Was oh, that when right? you got the, the Italian writing? You yeah, had that one is super clean comparatively. There are pages that are scared. Like I get scared looking at it now. I'm like, holy fuck, somebody with some issues was writing this. Because <laughs> it's really disturbing. But uh, yeah. 181. Ready? Yep. yep, here we go. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is... The Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, being cautious and using proper social distancing, Rich and Bolelli are back together for another face-to-face chat, including the madness of people's complete certainty on subjects they have zero expertise in. This crisis is a grand opportunity to address our society's wasteful ways. Fast showers, bioluminescing waves, as well as a long overdue visit to Dreamtime. Away we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas episode, Coronavirus episode three, Rich and Bolelli, this time hiding outdoors in an undisclosed location in beautiful Ojai, California. So there is going to be a little breeze blowing here and there, a tornado and some police presence at some point. But don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah, there's all sort of strange noises in the background. We but... have a social distancing of four and a half feet, which yeah. might be enough, we're hoping. And um, it's good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, my man. That's excellent. This is uh, much easier than this delay shit over the. Yeah, that's not fun. And you know, we are we have both been monks, staying at home, not seeing anybody. So we figure let's do a across a wide table from one another, have a conversation on the mics, and let's see what we can do with it. And then we'll go back to our lonely isolation after this. <sighs> I think this is actually we we're saying before. This is probably the safest time to see a friend ever because everybody's been locked in for many weeks yep not gonna be so safe in a few weeks when people start getting out but right now is probably the time the flare is coming and i think that's gonna be the worst but let's say thank you to some sweet folks yes on it.com forward slash taoist these guys are currently having a sale right now so check them out uh, I forget what week this is. It lasts for a month. Each week they do a, they sell different. The discount is on different stuff. Some weeks is on nutrition. Some week is on supplements. Some week is on workout gear. Check them out and get your goodies. Thank you to of course grasslandbeef.com who got us some goods. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna check in the freezer if I have something for you. I can remember if I do or if I don't. But it may be that a shipment mm. had come in before all everything went to hell. But check them out, grasslandbeef.com. I made a stew out of their London broil last time. 
using green chilies, onions, and garlic pretty much, and my new pinto bean skills. It was epic. New Mexico green chili stew. I dig it. Thanks to Grassland Beef. Uh, of course, always shout out to uh, Shore Design T-shirts. Oh, they are awesome. Always been. Um, we, I haven't been doing like there have been a couple of T-shirt orders that I had to refund because right now it was still a little sketchy with the post office going there, all of it. So, but we will get back to it. So, if you want to get your T-shirts from us, the Drunken Taoist ones. Um, well, let's see how it pans out, but we should be getting them again soon. Of course, please remember, a bunch of people more than ever are using Amazon these days because being locked at home, they, that's how they do their shopping. If you do that, please use our Amazon link. It's the letter B, the letter B, and the word amazing.com. D as in Daniele, B as in boy, amazing.com. Please help us out that way. And with that, we are on the roll. Let's get this episode going. Yes, yes. Seven weeks has just evaporated. Yeah. Where I feel like I should have a lot more done. And I don't. Eh, we all do. I have a dream today. And now we cross the Ethereum plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. Well, back from a long hiatus, it's dream time. I guess when it's in a time of nightmares in the daytime, you might as well visit dream time. You know, one thing that I noticed that's fun is that different houses have different dreaming power. Like there's, um, I don't know if it's the oxygen or what it is, but like if, when I go up to Big Bear, up in the mountains, it's, you know, there's less oxygen. And I don't know if that affects things or what, but absolutely on a regular basis, everybody in there has the most wild, vivid dreams that just, you know, it's Isabella closer does. to heaven. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> But something goes on because, like, it's like math, right? It's like, no, did you have any dream? No, not really. Then you go up there and it's like, man, you can't believe it. And these crazy stories begin there. Every single person in the house anytime. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. This place now where I currently live in Ohio is uh, so mellow. Nobody remembers any dreams. You wake up, you're arrested. That's it. Did you have any dream? I kind of guess. I don't remember. No. But one made it through. One managed to survive in my memory and come back to me. And it was weird enough that it was worth uh, worth remembering. So I'm on a boat in the sea, floating around in the ocean, having a good time. And I have a dog named Captain Findus. <laughs> Captain Findus is swimming in the water. By the way, Findus is the name of an Italian frozen food company that I haven't thought about in 30 years probably so i don't know how the hell it made its way into my subconscious and pop it up as the name of my dog in a dream but <laughs> in any case captain Findus is there swimming in the water and so far so good but it is where six get a little tricky despite lack of an opposable thumb captain Findus managed the incredible feat of using his paws to grab onto my dick and use it to pull himself back onto the boat hello and as he's doing that i'm like no captain Findus, no ah, ah that hurts captain Findus, what are you doing 
I woke up laughing my ass off because I was like, what the hell was that? Oh, my God. This isn't some long repressed memory from an incident in your childhood, is I it? I hope not. Bathtub, but... dog jumps up, claws. <laughs> but yeah, me and little Captain Fiendus not to grab me. And... That was hilarious. So that was... Uh... That was my great dream time moment. You know, people dream, uh, have otherworldly visions. I dream of Captain Findus grabbing my dick. So that's where it was. There's a show called The Good Fight. Uh-huh. And uh, the first episode of this season, my, my wife just loves it, but it's this uh, lady character. She's like a big-time lawyer, and she works with a cool firm. And um, she wakes up. And the TV is on, and it's the inauguration, but Hillary's being inaugurated. And then she goes back to her office, just like everything's regular, and she's representing um, Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) And what's really cool, it's like three years in, and Hillary's getting attacked, and they're still doing Benghazi, and it's all built around that. But because of the no Trump and the no woman's march, there was no Me Too. Right. And now she's representing this asshole. And she's like, ah, what, what about the rapes? And they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, and she actually sends one of her assistants over to his hotel room. And she says, if he opens the door in a bathtub robe, you know. Run. And sure enough. Of course. And it was just this brilliant sort of thing, like, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Because even in this new, a lot of things were lost. Of course. And it was just a fascinating, just delightful. Those people are so smart. They write such good shows. Well, and I mean... Yeah, at Clinton being elected, it's not like it would have been all uh, cool and they wouldn't. She was awful. There's a reason why Trump got elected. She was awful candidate. Yep, without question. Trump is an awful human being. So it's just, it's kind of what you get, you know. It's not that there's, I think it goes back to one of the things we touch on a lot, this idea that, you know, that dualistic mentality, that if people think if A is bad, then B must be good. And it's like, no, no just because it's in opposition to A doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Now, not everything is equally shitty, and that's where you have to start parsing through uh, which poison you want to drink, yeah. you know, but, uh, and, and there's a difference in time, you know, maybe they don't both, it's kind of like, I think we used it back in uh, 2016 for the election, you know. AIDS and gonorrhea, not the same. They are both STDs. They are both. They both are terrible. But one can kill you more than the other. So it's. But yeah, crazy shit, man. Crazy shit, and so well done. I know. She's been super lefty leaning the whole way anyway, and just to see how many of her constructs would have been destroyed by oh, yeah. Hillary get, it was just brilliant. That's awesome. I give credit where credits due. Right. I, and speaking of what you just said, did you see that it's possible that coronavirus can be spread through semen? I saw that. That's, and it can last months past any sort of like you show no symptoms, but it'll be cranking away in your balls. Aye, that can be good. So now that that something that spreads like that, but AIDS level contingency. Yeah, yeah. Because again, coronavirus bad but not the level of lethality. Yeah, if something like that was to mutate to being seriously lethal, you are... I mean, not you know, not to minimize corona, because, of course, a shitload of people die from it, but, you know, like, percentage-wise, if that percentage was considerably higher, yeah, yeah things get sketchy.
Shall we rant? Yeah. Let's rant. Let's rant. Put on your rant shoes and dance the blues. I have a non-rant to get us into it that's just crazy because we literally did this last night. Do it out. There's bioluminescent waves cranking up along Southern California right now. So. Explain. I, I, um, when the waves roll in, mm-hmm. there's little bacteria inside of there. And when they crash in the wave, they spark up and they light up. Okay. So when you have a billion of them in a wave... The whole wave glows blue when it crashes. How cool is that? It is fantastically cool. And uh, my pal down, I guess they're sort of Marina Del Rey-ish. They went out a couple nights ago, but even better, there were surfers out in it. So when they surf through these big waves, it leaves these trails of the blue luminescence. And we had only seen it once before. It was so long ago, Emily was in high school, so it's like at least 10 years ago. And the fact that we've been here 15 is mind-blowing at this point. But her and her little boyfriend at the time were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, you got it, you got it. And it's like, what are y'all talking about? No, come on. So we ran down. It was Sycamore Cove right uh, south of Point Magoo on the PCH. And for that one, the bioluminescence had had a couple nights of washing into the sand. So everywhere you stepped would glow like a thousand galaxies were blooming up under your feet. It is the coolest thing I've probably ever seen. You can bet that there's somebody who's like, whoa, those mushrooms should have stopped functioning by now. I, I, I was coming I down from the trip. Myself. What's they going just, on here? Just stick with you. It's amazing. Because it just looks too psychedelic to be real. Too psychedelic. And so we knew about it. And I don't know about you. My sleep schedule is so screwed up. I am fully on Hawaii time. Are you? Yeah, like four, four, five in the morning, which would be kind of one there. Why do you? Th- okay, that's a good one. Why do you think? Because what you're saying is something that's very widespread right now. Lots of people's schedule is all over the place. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I'm kind of sleeping the same way I always do. I go to bed at like one a.m. Yeah. I just get to always wake up late, which is nice. So I'm like wake up at nine thirty, ten, nice, something like that. That's awesome. I don't. I think there's got to be something to it. Like my first three years on the planet were in Hawaii, so I'd be interested. What was that one o'clock? That's like seven hours difference. So that doesn't Nine. really work. So no, it doesn't work. But um, I don't know. Just what kind of works out? I mean, huh? Interesting. Because yeah, I, uh, you know what? I guess because for people, yeah, if you wake up uh, early in the morning because of work, yeah. and now you have no work. So you don't have to wake up early in the morning. So then clearly you start sleeping at a different hour, but yep. then it throws you. I can see how that would mess you up. I think it's because uh, the thank to the epic, thank you to the epic Savannah who has been taking Isabella to school in the morning. I wasn't on morning duty anymore. I could sleep in on a regular, which is awesome for me because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. Um, so maybe it doesn't affect me as much because there's no difference. And I always love the nighttime hours anyway. When it's quiet, it just feels better. The only bummer is you can't quite bang on the instruments as loud. Yeah, yeah. Which Uh, sucks because sometimes the ideas really get going. They do. I think I, because I'm not so musically inclined, or my only music would be in my headphones. (laughs) So it's fine. It's not something I'm doing. It's something I'm listening to. That's something I've started too. I never even thought about it. It's funny. Being married is just something I didn't realize. But up until that point, there was music playing all night long, everywhere I had ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just something, oh, can you turn that off? And I didn't really, and I turned it off for 25 years. Right. But now I've got this wireless headset. They, these are cool, man. They actually don't fit on their ears. They fit in front of them. 
while so you're they shake it. your your bones right and the sound sounds great like that but it doesn't leave any there's not like a little you know earbud screaming out into the night that helps and it's just great i've been doing that for kind of the and i'll probably never stop now because i love having music going on yeah i work the best at that time after you know savannah tends to go to bed really early like 10 p.m she goes to sleep isabella is asleep by then so it's just me in the house it's all super ridiculously quiet that's exactly and i just get to listen to music in my headphones and right away like most of my work gets done at that time yep gets done at night and i feel like everything is lighter everything is uh i, I really dig it a bunch and i don't not like daytime sure no no but that's and different like dawn dawn is fantastic um if i woke up dawn would be fantastic but i'm just not my biology just doesn't work that way you know a lot of it could be um saturn jupiter and mars are all up about two three in the morning right now too so i've been tracking that quite a bit as well are... so that probably gets that extra hour because i'm Probably like, you know, two o'clock for sure normally, right. but it can get to four and five with no wow. trouble at all. No, I can, but I, I, in fact, for me, it's like there's a point where I could go on, but it's like, it's 1 a.m., Yeah, it's time, unwind, go to sleep. But then, you know, out of bed by 10, which isn't bad if you've gone to bed at four. No, no, totally. But, well, I would die because I'm, I'm such a, I need so much sleep. It's not even fun. Oh, like really? If I sleep six hours a night, I mean, I can do it. I've done it for long stretches of time, but I'm not a happy camper. No, get your eight hours um, if you need them. That's yep. for sure. I'm like eight to eight and a half to nine. I'm even happier. So anywhere in between eight and nine, I'm. I think getting older, um, when I do get those six hours, there's a nap around four o'clock. Yeah, that's the thing. I cannot physically nap. I just, once my brain is on, it's on for the day. So uh, I tend to get more sleep all in a row. And then there's awake all in a row. There's no... But speaking of strange habits... Let me me finish the bioluminescence real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so as I came into the bed about 3.45 last night, Gretchen was awake. And she's like, oh, my God, the bioluminescence we forgot. Let's well, go. Let's go. Right. Mask up, baby. And, um, you know, because we're not far. But we went down Point Magoo. People probably don't realize it, but out here in California, it's like every car commercial that's ever shot is that shot going down the coast. Right. And the mountains are going by. And that's Point Magoo. And, right. Um, so that's just kind of a great spot because you can get a good look at a good chunk. Of, yeah. And so we parked there. It's a bit creepy because all that stuff's blocked off. Of course. And there's always gangs of people hanging around there. But no trouble was had. But if we could see further down, about another couple of miles, it was actually lighting up a little bit when it hit. That's all. Because it is a bit hit and miss. So we finally go a few more miles down the PCH, find a place to pull off because all that parking is blocked off. Anything that's ocean yeah, parking. Yeah, of course. But you can find a spot. And we get out and we're looking. And it's kind of like it does it more often than you know, but it just looks sort of lighter, like the moon is lighting yeah. it. But last night, even with that close to a full moon, that was kind of clouded out. So you had this dappled light that occasionally the moon would shoot some shafts of light down on the water. That was great. And we found, like, the the waves that were crumbling closer to the coast mm-hmm. um, wouldn't fire up. Mm. But every kind of four minutes, you would get one of those ones that breaks further out, and it would explode as blue as the dark blue on your shirt right there. Colors everywhere. Just... Just that color. 
That's it awesome. Just blew as it crashes open, and we're like, ah. We got our psychedelic fix. Fantastic, uh, man. Works. It can't get any better than that, a real life. I guess watching the guys, like, first of all, I can't imagine being in that water at night. That's just that too must scary. Be. Yeah, yeah. But they're right. fearless and understandable, you know? I've been serving a thousand times. Ain't no shark got, shark got me yet. I don't eat sharks, and they don't eat me. That's... As long as it lasts, that's a but good policy. I think policy. so. We got chomped yesterday. I saw, <laughs> I saw this terrifying video. I'm like, sharks really freak the hell out of me. Oh, I saw yeah. this terrifying video of like, um, um, what the hell are, I'm having a complete blank. That's okay. Uh, drones? Drones. That's yes, what yes. They are. Oh, yeah. Somebody was flying a drone over the water. There's 30 of them? Yeah. There's like great whites, juveniles. So they're only 12 feet. No yeah, big deal. Just, just only take a leg off. And they are just, a bunch of them swimming 50 yards from the shore and you're just like wow that's well nothing scary. can benefit nothing's benefit more than the oceans right now yeah like like sea turtles alone the ones not fucked with and their hatchings i mean they already have enough problems with crabs sure. and seabirds yep. and making that first 12 feet in the water without a group reading them but they see their numbers are rebounding that's awesome. manatees are better the whales are like going to places they don't normally go. I saw a thing. It was Italy. Um, mountain goats had come into the cities because there was funny. nobody there to shoo them off. I saw uh, on Italy. I saw a video of dolphins in Venice, oh. which you know, in the channels in Venice, they're usually so dirty and packed with people. They're all they cleaned were down now, though, aren't they? Clear. You could see through, and there were dolphins around. No, there's something to be said about, in fact, I mean, in this what is objectively a horrible situation right now for so many people. There's also something to be said about trying to figure out how can we restructure society, our life, everything, in a way where, you know, it's not like, okay, get rid of the humans so that nature will thrive. It's like, well, that thanks, no. that's sweet, but that's not the point at all. Is how can we do it where we can have a good life and at the same time not fuck everything around us at the same time well it just seems like if you pull out that chunk where oh i've got to make money off of everything that happens i think that's what drives things into crazy land you overproduce you don't care about waste as long as i get my nickel now i don't give a fuck yeah and seeing i mean how great were the views from your old house when when sure how clear was it up there? Yeah, yeah, Clearer than you'd ever seen, I'm sure. Yeah, suddenly you can breathe in place in the big cities where normally air pollution is nasty because everybody's in a... And again, there are a bunch of jobs where physical presence is a must. Yes. Where there's no way around it. But there are a bunch of jobs that are not. And nobody's happy to be just driving 45 minutes to get to their office, to be stuck in a cubicle. To So what we have been hammering on for a long time this idea of just people allowing remote work and yeah. you know right now i think some people are they have to they don't have any other option and they see that maybe their workers are still getting their shit done just as well as when they were in the office except they are happier and they are not just miserable on the freeway putting pollution in the air x number of hours a week how many hours do you think first of all when you take that hour-long trip each way there's 10 yeah and then just the misery of oh, I some coffee after that drive to get your day yep. started. Yep. So probably at home you can accomplish your eight ten hour day in six or five. Yeah, I mean think about even a shorter commute. Let's say a half hour commute. I can tell you all about not that. That bad, right? <laughs> yeah. That still add up. 
because you go, you come back, that's an hour. You do it five days a week, that's five. You do it in a month, that's 20. Yep. 20 hours of your life, that's a good chunk of time that you could be doing something else. Something constructive, something yeah. helpful, something volunteering, something, there's so much. 20, I think about if somebody had 20 hours to your life every month. <sighs> that's a lot of time. I mean, it's like most people, you know, you like to play music. If you are to dedicate 20 hours to playing your instrument, you would be, be so damn good yep. on a regular. You have to 20. So, and again, so many of these hours are just wasted in complete bullshit in the way we did things so far. And so what if you can save them and in the process not put out that ton of uh, burnt fossil fuels out in the air, clean... Wasted money out yeah. of your wallet to pay for that gas. There are... The no. waste of human potential is the biggest crime I think we commit. Yeah, absolutely. So it's... Uh, but there's one thing that, um, you know, in these debates that have been ongoing these days, uh, particularly as we record now, particularly in U.S., more than in other countries, there has been this super wild, uh, you know very polarized yelling and screaming back and forth of you know I, I was wondering when the coronavirus first broke out i was like how many seconds is going to take for this to turn into a political thing where somehow a fucking virus can become an either conservative or liberal rallying cry you know that was made in chinese labs just for this purpose <laughs> right they put an extra color person sauce in it to make sure it kill them better it's just by order and one of the things that's puzzling me, to say the least, in, uh, in listening to some of these discussions, is the degree of certainty that people espouse about things that, I don't know, I'm fairly decently educated. I don't feel that I understand a fucking thing. Like, like when you look at it, I don't understand epidemiology that well. I don't understand. There are like 10,000 aspects about this virus that I'm not that sure I fully grasp. I don't think anybody does. So the fact that people seem to have zero problems having ultra strong opinion over something where the evidence is really thin, because it's a new thing, you know, it hasn't been around that much. Yeah. We're still trying to figure out how it's passed. We're still trying to figure out... Uh, how long can you get infected again once you had it once or not? That's still the jury still out at the time when we are recording right now. There's so much uncertainty about the whole thing that it's like we just don't have the elements. So the the fact that people can come down with ultra strong opinion in the face of minimal evidence seem odd. Well, and then when you're willing to put other people's lives at risk, like watching this head of the USDA, this yeah. guy, he's a treat. Um, he, I was watching 60 Minutes about him, and these farm subsidies have come down, like 4% of these farms are these mega super farms, sure. and they get all the money. Of course. To the point where like, oh, and what was he saying? There's lawyers that, that are experts in loopholes, and yep. so the reporter was like, you know, how do you allow this? Because... What you can do is you can make your farm sort of like a co-op where well, there's many owners. My wife's a part owner, sure. my cousin, and my friend yep. up the street. So these guys are getting like 15 dips at the trough. Then don't need the money in the first place. Right. Meanwhile, Fred, the soybean farmer, who got nobody to buy his crops this year, he said he lost 30% on the tariffs the first time. He lost 30% the second time for him. I guess it was the market just wasn't there. And now he's got nobody to sell to. Right. And there are... 
hundreds of farmers out there where they're fourth, fifth, sixth generation on this land, and they're the ones that lost the farm. Well, and I think and what do they do next? Right. Yeah. Good luck. Because they kill themselves. Yes. Yeah, you're screwed. They're absolutely screwed. And I think that's the problem that right now, I mean, the desperation is real. So I understand that part. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, right now the whole debate is the, the people who are essentially saying, enough with this shit, coronavirus doesn't really kill that many people, open up everything again, I want to go back to have my life. Now, some of these people do it from a, a kind of shitty viewpoint of just being like, hey, I just want to have my comforts back again. Some are people yeah. who can pay their rent. Cut. Yeah, so there's that. But there are also the people who are like out of a job who have no idea how to pay rent yep, and they yep. are screwed, right? So it's like, okay, I get that. That's very real. I understand those guys. And of course you have the other side that's arguing, look, we don't know yet. It's super ultra contagious. It's uh, while the mortality rate is not crazy, I still has killed tens of thousands and continue killing tens of thousands more. Yep. So how about we don't open up everything again? You know, how about we play it a little safer? Now, the thing is, the thing that bugs me about, the, while I, and, I mean, personally, I feel that not fully knowing something about a virus, I would rather play it a little safer than not. Yep. But I also understand the opposing argument, which is it's not that by keeping things closed, you're not paying a price in lives even. You know, because you have the fact that, like, suicides, domestic violence, uh, deeper poverty that people slide into every day furthermore when they can't work will lead to even worse things. You know, all of that is real. Yep. So it's not that there's not a price to be paid. It's like, ah, oh, we can just hang out three more months or six more months or a year and whatever. It's like, for some people, they don't have that much without a job. And so... I understand both sides, you know. I don't understand the craziness, but I do understand uh, the concern that exists. I do get it that there's it's a complicated issue. It's not that easy, you know. It's not. I don't mind that they go out and want to infect each other, but I do mind the health workers that will have to deal with their dead asses. I feel like if you want to go around and parade around and open it up, you should have to sign a waiver. No, and, and the <laughs> when problem you is come down with this shit. So let's forget for a sec on the complete dumbasses, right? The ones who are, yeah, I want to get my hair done. It's like, okay, fuck you, and you're stupid. And the collection, I just want to walk around with my gun. Yeah, those yeah. Those fellas. Those guys, yeah, gross. They're just looking for an opportunity. Let's look at the guys who are arguing the open up because they are objectively desperate. Because Elon Musk. Yeah, not that guy. Because <laughs> they, they can't pay rent, yeah. right? It's like they don't have a three-year bank account to keep them through. They don't have a three-month bank account to keep them through. And their $1,200 didn't get them covered? No, I, and that's the problem. If uh, And that's the other problem, exactly. That if that's the idea, if it's deemed that is like scientific, if there's enough of a scientific consensus to say, look, we should really keep it under lock and key a bit longer. Yep. Well, then the government response needs to be very different from what it is. Yep. Because then it's like if you're asking people to do a sacrifice, which is to put their jobs on hold and all this stuff, at the very least, you need to take care of them. Because yep. you can't just have them say, you know, you can't have a job, but we're not going to give you shit, so have fun starving at home. You know, it's like the resources... I mean, we're going to say the obvious, but rather than going through all the wrong places, which is the super corporations that are, they go to the actual people they need them, yep. boom, 
you know, if you can uh, freeze rent and at the same time the government assistance go to those landlords who are surviving on that rent, boom, you can fix that. You can, you know, that stuff would make a little more sense. The problem right now is that Yarput is like by not having that kind of government intervention to take care of people while you're asking them to stay home, it's a shitty situation because then, of course, both sides have a strong point. One is like, hey, let's play it safe here. Let's not go out. And the other is like, well, easy for you to say if you have the money to last you for another two months, I don't. Yep. I need to go out. It's bad leadership, man. It could have been easy. It could have been, you know, a couple of a couple of paid debit cards with $2,500 per person. You know, it's a lot of money, but I think a half a trillion would have covered this for three months. Right. And maybe even some masks and maybe even some advice, maybe even some Corona tests. Wouldn't that be? There's a little package. First of the month. Here you go, guys. Spend it wisely. I mean, there's always going to be people that won't. But there's also going to be people that, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be three months behind my bills when this shit comes through. And then everybody can stay home. Correct. And What's that, so crazy about that? Yes. Yeah, so there's part of that dynamic part of the yelling back and forth is done with yelling at the wrong people because oh, it's like it always is isn't it, it needs to go kind of up the river where the problem originates that if you're not taking care of people allowing them to stay home in this scenario yep. then of course you're gonna have a real problem you know of course you're gonna have an argument of course all of that and so that's one point but the other one that we started with that idea of like these hardcore screaming certainty over super complicated issues that are far from clear yep. that's the part that i don't get because it's like how i'm trying to put it in a polite way but basically i find it really arrogant and really dogmatic that all of a sudden you're so, an expert on all these things and, yeah. and can stand out and say what's what when you have no idea. It's like, I don't know. And the fact is, neither do you. So why the fuck are you screaming like your way is the right way? Are you re and, and, and then, of course, everybody tweaks every piece of news that arrived their way the way they want to see it. So the open everything now, folks will start downplaying all the death rates. They'll start not looking at the evidence that's a little worse than it is. The guys who are ultra-invested the other route will just start dismissing the concern over the economy, dismissing the damage done by keeping stuff close, this yep. kind of making making light of it, like, ah, oh, that's not really... Or, you know, only look at the numbers that are the highest ones and all of that. And I'm just like, dude, why, why does it have to be like that? Why do we have to defend a party line or some kind? Why... Why are you having discussions like that rather than acknowledging complexity, acknowledging that, uh, yes, the virus is not the Black Death. Good. We, are, we agree on that. On the other hand, it's super contagious and is killing tens of thousands while in full lockdown. So yeah. you can imagine what those numbers look like if it's not full lockdown. Okay, then what about... And, you know, and you start... You know, the good old Dan Carlin issue, nuanced opinions, nuanced thinking, looking at things from multiple directions. No, of course not. We like our dogmas and we like them with breakfast, you know. It's like, and 10 years into serious social mediaization of us has only made it worse. Yep. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, I think the Times is doing a thing. It's just a, kind of following these internet kids that, mm -hmm. you know, they'd fall into the wrong thing and now they're listening to these guys and how that would progress and how deep you can go. You know, it was Milo at first, but now you're on some deep web, real garbage. Yep. And there don't see any way to fix that. Because once your brain is cooked that way for six or seven years, 
and that's how it's gone. It's it's fascinating because there there are these guys that are allowing them to look at their um, entire internet histories. Yeah. So they're just following along. It's like, oh, you're listening to a little Ben Shapiro here, but Ben Shapiro introduced you to this guy. Of course. And then, oh man, it's like if you click on uh, the stuff, some stuff I click on, right? So if I watch uh, MMA on YouTube or or I listen to uh, Auntie M, Auntie M, <laughs> there's a tornado coming. <laughs> Or, uh, or you know, if I if I click on a Joe Rogan link, next thing you know, I get like thirty-two thousand alt-right videos popping up on my YouTube, yep. and I'm just like, what? It's the Rogan and MMA. It's not. But hey, that's it's weird, man. Well, they were interviewing a French guy who helped invent the algorithm. Yeah. And even him back then was like, well, it seems to be just pointing back in on itself, and it doesn't. Because yeah. I think the idea is it would blossom out and say, oh, if you're interested in this, you might be interested in that. Yeah. No, if you're into hardcore death metal bands, there ain't going to be no polka links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the problem with the world. More polka and we'll be okay. <laughs> but that's the solution. I don't know what the solution is. I, You know, the best notion that you've given me during this whole insanity is just don't worry about six weeks from now. I mean, right now you can't. But that's the thing. It's like, that's what I don't understand. Is like, what's so... I think I, maybe it is that people just hate living with uncertainty, and I get it. Uncertainty sucks, and especially when again you don't have money in the bank, uncertainty sucks ten times more. Yep. But in some way, maybe I shouldn't be surprised because when you think about how hardcore people are screaming that they own the truth when it comes to things like the afterlife or the existence of God, or think that obviously there's no scientific basis to make your up your mind or to have any informed opinion and somehow people will just so if people are dogmatic about stuff like that no wonder they can be dogmatic about everything right of course about coronavirus of course about everything else and now one thing that's to continue on with this train of thought one thing that's slightly disturbing in this regard okay way more than slightly way disturbing is that a lot of really terrible ideas I see circulating on the web around today come from a place that was not a bad place to start with. Ooh, so, for share. example, yes. you start with the fact that you question authority. What's wrong with that? That's no. super healthy, so right? You're supposed you know? to do that. Absolutely. You have seen time and time again governments fuck you over, do terrible things to know that those guys don't exactly are renowned for having your best interest at heart. So you're rightfully suspicious of your government. You're rightfully suspicious of sources of authority. They're hiding behind fancy titles. They have peddled terrible things over time. You're suspicious over, you know, back in the day when you had uh, um, scientific racism, kind of arguing that some races are genetically superior uh, to others. eugenics days. And then you find out that was bullshit science, but it was presented as real science. Yeah. And at the time, if you listen to the authorities, you believe it, right? That was awesome. So the you see all of these things make you rightfully skeptical, suspicious of authority, and not trusting of your government. Things that, why not? I mean, there's so much evidence for that that it makes sense. Sure. What could possibly go wrong? Well, you get to a point now where 
is the death of expertise, right? It's like the expert is the enemy. Is uh, every It's not that once in a while the expert can hide behind their title to pass some crappy information. Is they are always suspicious. They are always have been paid off by the government or by the <laughs> pharmaceutical industry or by some evil corporation to screw you over. So every single expert is lying to you. There are no experts. And he's like, I'm sorry, man, but anything you want to learn, you need to learn from somebody who knows their shit. Yeah. You watching three videos on YouTube does not make you... It's kind of like if I want to learn jujitsu, and some guy watch five videos of, about jujitsu on YouTube and then they try to teach me. It's like, I'm sorry, man, you don't know shit. That's so, just not... That's what, that was the Matrix. Matrix's fault. Because in the Matrix, you could just plug in and now I know Kung Fu. Right. And that's what the millennials jumped onto. It's like, well, we'll just be able to jack in and load that stuff up one day. It's like, yeah, the muscle memory ain't going to follow along that way. But it is, ah, that's, it's also true, man. And it's funny, there's all this talk about the deep state and these evil folks that, the National Weather Service, the post office. Right. There's not evil people there. There's hardworking people that make our lives better. Yeah. And you're going to give them shit? Yeah, it's like... That's where it gets insane. The post office is the same as um, as the CIA overthrowing governments around the... It's like, no, they are, they're bringing you the mail at a price that nobody else in the world could do. And if Jeff Bezos takes it over, those folks that live in rural places in the mountains, you're not going to get daily service. No. There's a, there's a guy who works for the post office who, carries a, who drives a mule down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon every day wow. to complete postal service. Right. There's guys that do um, those... Water planes into Alaska, all over the place, because we've made this deal. That and the other thing is blaming them for their crisis. They're put in a situation where they have to back the pensions of people that aren't even born yet. Mm-hmm. So it's costing them like twelve billion dollars a year. They have to put into why don't all the other corporations have to do that? Right. So they're constantly trying to destroy something. If we destroy the post office, man, no, it's bad. That would be terrible. There won't be any. It won't be forty-seven cents to drop a letter to go anywhere in the world. And I understand. Yeah, it might cost four dollars to get that letter to the guy at the bottom of Grand Canyon. But when we all put it into the same basket, right? Everybody benefits, and it seems that's people hate that more than anything. What? Yeah, it's. Why should mine be? Mine could be thirty-one cents if it wasn't for that bastard. I think like what's crazy about it's. Beside the obvious, like this is the post office example you bring up is so obviously insane, right? It's like, come on, dude. It's like, really, you think there's that's the enemy? That's the big problem? Yeah. I think you may have got your priorities a little off. But I think on the dualism of these ideas, I find it tricky because that somewhat conspiracy theory driven mindset that makes you suspicious of government of authority of corporations makes you skeptical there's something there that's healthy so that you don't just swallow up a bunch of propaganda at face value which has led to terrible things but where it's leading now which is the complete denial of everything every any objective reality because basically you don't b- believe in any source there's no media that you trust there's no expert that you trust there's no science that you trust there's just uh, whatever particular guy with the face that you like on youtube tells you a story and he's somehow the more trustworthy source that's obviously not a good place to be 
but at the same time is like in some way it's kind of the same as politics right it's like do you want the shitty career politicians to that led us today or you want the guys who make the whole thing burn down a la trump who are clearly that's not the solution that's like even worse but but the solution is not going back to the shitty old-time politician you know what i mean is like those are the guys who created the current problems so you have this ping-pong game between really awful alternatives is like do you want the swallow up the propaganda 100% in dogmatic fashion or yeah. do you want the current insanity of uh, it's all a big conspiracy theory by the evil and that's that's what we're being offered for this election yeah and I, I don't think anybody wants no. it back to the democratic you know they're they're just gangsters like the rest of them sure they just put the bleeding heart stuff over the top of it yeah yeah i mean it's like I'll, it all has to be torn down I'll take it over Trump. Of course, but, but how I'll shitty take is that? It, like, like, yeah. Holding your nose again. Yeah. I held Super my nose last time. time. Of course. I mean, you look at Biden, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are it's you like, fucking it's kidding so me? It's like, can you imagine? They may, there may be a debate where they just drool at each other for Pretty five much. minutes. Pretty I much. mean, and I guess, I think it was Chris Ryan put the notion out, why are 70-year-olds making rules for people that have to live with them for yeah. the next 50 years? Right. It's funny that skepticism and not trusting the government and those sort of things that's great for when you're 21 when you're a teenager kind of getting a dose of that and break the state and no but by also, the time we get older and you know know these people like i lived in dc for two years and like 80 percent of those folks were their gsers and going doing their job every day and they are experts in their field and they are ready to help people in different situations. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's those a, aren't evil people. It's a difficult fine line, yes. you know, because if you go too far one way, it's straight up dogma. If you go too far the other, is insanity and just not trusting anything or anybody ever. I mean, you should some of the shit I see on my facebook feed like people who are nice people, people I like. Some of the stuff I read, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is. Is going in a place where re objective reality has left town so long ago that we are not even in the same universe here. But that's what I think is like, what? Okay, so out of all of this, what can you do? How about you tread lightly in your conclusion? Which doesn't mean that you have to be always tentative and wimpy. You know, if you have, if you've done the process of treading lightly by looking at a, an issue by every conceivable angle and actually giving it a chance, looking at it for real from every conceivable angle, not like I've already made up my mind and I'll pretend that I'm looking at the other side. Which is 87% of people already. Right. No, where you really go the back and forth, the pros and cons, you try to balance, you try to find... A, then you come to even a hard conclusion. You may be 100% on one side at the end of the day, because again, the solution is not to be the 50% smack in the middle. So it's okay to have strong opinion, but how about you get there through a process of tentative playing with the evidence, of just really being delicate rather than, but of course that's not what people like. People like- Quick decisions. Yes, give us a color, give us a slogan, give us an enemy in particular. Who are the bad guys? Quick, give me the bad guys so that... Here come the bad guys. Right. <laughs> give, give me the bad guys so I know who they are, I can yell at them, and then I can feel better in my self-righteous indignation that life is not going the way I want it to go. It's not always going the way you don't want it to go because of some bad guys. There are bad guys out there. But there's 10,000 other reasons why we haven't quite figured out the perfect balance. And it's not always because there's some James Bond villain out there who's trying to <laughs> fuck you over, you know? 
Yes, there is, Mr. Bond. <laughs> it's a, that's an unfixable one, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and it's unfixable because if you look at human history, that's what people like. Uh, whether they are Nazis, whether they are hardcore uh, Christian fundamentalists, Muslim fundamentalists, communists, it's people like that dogma. People like that clear-cut, good guys, bad guys, black and white worldview because it's simple, because it makes you work less. So I have no illusion that that's going to change tomorrow and everybody's going to be enlightened and thinking in a more nuanced way. But if we can just extend the percentage of people who do that, if, uh, I don't know what the hell the percentage of people who do that right now, let's say it's 10%, 20%, if you can just double it, that would be nice. If from 10% you make it 20, that makes and improves the war considerably. From 20, you make it 40, that's... Because I think that's as good as it gets. Unwinnable arguments. Yeah, because there's in order to have an argument, you need to have some objective, something objective out there that you both acknowledge. If you don't have an acknowledgement of objective evidence, you know, it's not like an um, it's not like a fight where somebody will stay up and somebody will get knocked down. That's pretty objective, right? When it's about words and ideas. It's a bit trickier. I just don't know how you get back to that. It just seems it's tipped so far. And these people with their algorithms pouring into their ears every day of hearing the same thing and reinforcement and there's no sort of, I mean. So how about you start with that? Get take off a the look, phones? Take a look at what you listen to. Take yeah. a look at who your sources of information are. If you can predict what these people are going to say on an issue before you listen to them, just delete. Get another, or get another get another angle. Yeah. That, but but it's hard, though. I try this sometimes. I turn on the Fox News once in a while just to see. Sure. I'm mad in five minutes. I'm no, mad in third, three minutes. But, you know, the, pro, the point of good information is not balancing. I'm looking at some shit information on one side, so I'll look at some shit information on the other. It's digging it's, deeper. Try to find people. That's why, for example, I mean, we always use Don Carlin, but he's not the only one, obviously. There are other people who do that. Like, try to consider... Look at people who you don't know what their conclusion will be on a particular topic. Yeah. Because that means that they are thinking about it. That means that they are considering from multiple angles before they come to a conclusion. Now, they may come to... Dan tends to avoid some conclusions. You know, there are people who will come to hard conclusions. Yeah. But you don't necessarily know what they are going to be beforehand. If... Uh, give me anybody of the traditional figures that has three zillion views on YouTube and tell me any issue in the world and I can tell you step by step what they're going to say on that issue beforehand. Because why? Because I'm psychic? No, because these fucking guys go with the playbook of what yeah, their side will. That point. Absolutely. <sighs> this uh, invitation to abandoned dogma is leading us into trouble. I can see the dogma police is driving toward us and about to catch they us. They were watching me when I came into town. I was worried. Yes. Ah, here they are. Run!
That tasty track was a piece of Mojave blues from one of our listeners who goes by the handle Wandering Ghost. W-A-N-D-R-I-N underscore ghost. You can find him at Wandering Ghost on Instagram and Twitter, as well as Spotify. I also really dug his new track, Strawberry Revolution. You want to, want to check that out. He's getting his Dylan out, and uh, it really has quite the message to it. So anyway, now back with the show. Thanks, Wandering Ghost. I noticed the jacaranda trees, the purple ones, are starting to bloom out here. Right. That's it's, always a, a good sign. Nature is, yeah, when you're getting too lost in mental speculation and bullshit, nature has a healing effect. Yeah, it does. And it'll go along fine without us if we have finally tripped over that or maybe only 40,000 of us or so. Yeah, but I would rather I would rather stick around. I would love to keep it going. I think it's a, I don't know, it seems like it's just... If we don't take care of the planet, there's no way. Yep. And I saw that even in these days with the reduced amount of emissions all over the planet, even that, if we kept it at that, it's still not enough. We would have to sacrifice more, like getting into industries and things like that and cutting right. them down just to get back under where we need to be. You know what I started doing? Um, today I was taking... Uh I managed to work out. I went outside to get some food. So afterwards, I was like, okay, groceries and stuff, and working out, it's time for a good shower. Mm -hmm. So everything goes in the hamper, up in the shower. But I'm like, I'm in Southern California. I'm in a place where water, there's not a whole lot of it. And we are stealing it from other states. And every drop of water, like, you should seriously watch your water usage because it's just not here for the amount of people that are here for sure and so what i was doing is um i'm like you know not every day i'm gonna have the nice long shower where you mellow out so what i do is uh, i open water jump in 20 seconds water all over me okay now i go wet water is off now soap ladder up okay water is on 20 seconds out water is off let's ladder up a second time Okay, water is on again. A minute and some of water. Okay, make it two. Boom, shower done. Rather than I just sat in there 10 minutes where eight and a half of those, it was the water running while I was uh, getting the shampoo and getting this other thing and doing. And I'm like, do I have any illusion that my doing that makes a huge difference in the great scheme of things? Of course not. But it sure is a whole hell of a lot better than not doing anything. Well, it's funny. I, the one thing that gets us now is um, little did they realize that would be the last time they ever had a sirloin steak. You know, moments like that where we are right now. And who knows? Um, I have now I save my vegetable scraps, mm -hmm. which I just threw them in the trash all these years. I have this real fear that there'll be a moment down the road like, if only I hadn't thrown those loquats away, we could have <laughs> one more thing to eat, you know? Right. Like, you know, Savannah's story of her grandmother. That, uh -huh. that That's going to be real for a lot of people, especially sure. like Africa. Yeah. What the hell is going to happen down there? Because a lot of times these pandemics kill a lot of people, but the starvation afterwards, sure. it's going to be worse. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, carrot peels, um, bad spots on potatoes, things like that. I put them all into a little sack yeah. and then drop them into a big freezer bag. And when the freezer bag's full, we boil it up and we make our own veggie bouillon. That, right. You know, that 
rock soup we're having from that bad river water three months from now might be a little tastier yeah with some of these things we yeah there's something about uh you know right now unemployment in u.s is beginning to get into the higher double digits you know it went from 10 percent to 12 to and it's gonna keep climbing for a while and that's just people that are reporting yeah i'd say for everybody there's probably at least one in three that just gave up so there's something to be said about what people did in situations like the great depressions too and one of the things you always heard about you know i don't know if you grow up around anybody who had been through the great depression or anything yeah, where grandparents those guys don't throw away anything no it's like no everything can be used every we, last we, bit of we, we can help the uh insulation of the house by putting that newspaper in the walls yep yep yeah it's uh and that should be coming as a better way i mean I, I, i'm sure it wasn't a fun way but it just, no. just to have some appreciation for stuff and this throwaway consumer society that we've created is so crazy yeah that shit i hate because even when you have the stuff even not like right now oh, it's sketchy what's gonna happen even let's say we go back to six months ago doesn't matter the point is it's stupidly wasteful it's like don't waste shit that just you know don't order food and toss it bring it home if you're not gonna, it's. I don't want to sound like your grandma about think about you the but it's starving okay. kids it's, in Africa. But it's, but it's totally it's, correct. Yeah, it's like dude, just everything comes from somewhere. Everything comes at a price. Every plant that got to be on your plate went through a hell of a long process from seed to water through sun through this. And to eat half of it and throw it away. Yeah. So everything comes at a price so it doesn't mean you should just be a monk on the mountain who live on nothing i'm not saying that you should enjoy life but at the same time don't be wasteful because wasteful is fucked up wasteful is one of the worst yep i um i see that they're thinking about there's probably going to be a real need for new uh, need for soup kitchens or right. at least that sort of level and they're already talking about let's just connect with the restaurants right now you serve the people if they don't have money the government picks up the dime on that. That way, at least you have your employees working, yep. the restaurant's staying open. I'm sure some folks will give a little bit. And some, and there are folks that can afford it and will happily pay, you would yep. hope. But if we can kind of keep normalcy going without everybody having to go down to Skid Row to the soup yep. kitchen and keep everybody fed, I, what's more important at this point? Absolutely. When the food runs out, the chaos begins full blast. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, and again, let's be optimistic and assume that most of it doesn't apply in the most dramatic scenario. Yeah. Still, those are good ideas regardless. Regardless. They are not just for the apocalypse. They are good ideas, period. It's like not being wasteful. It's not a bad concept at any time in any place, you know? It's like. Or the schools providing kids lunches regardless. Yeah. That should be, everybody should be entitled to that. Yeah. We're a rich country. We got lots of money. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos, you can get $4 billion less this year, but a lot of people got fed. Yeah. So to kind of shake the dust off, um, my daughter and her boyfriend, they stayed down with us for six and a half weeks, but it just reached a point where they needed it's some more privacy. For and when we first came down, that was when everything was shutting down. And you sure. know me, in my mind, they were going to block the freeways yeah. and who knew what was going to happen. And they would have gone crazy in their tiny little studio apartment. So they had the backyard, they had the meditation tent, you know, we cleared out a spot in the garage to have their own little, and it wasn't the Ritz, but yeah. everybody had space and it went really well. And it was a gift, man, mm -hmm. to have everybody together. Yep. And did we use our time wisely? Maybe not, but 
we played a lot of cards. We played a lot of games. We played. We did puzzles. We wrote silly songs. But not using time unwisely. You are having fun. It just fun. feels like it is. Like they actually, like we've ever actually been trained that way. What? You're not off at work. You're not off. Fuck that. Who no, cares? You just fucking enjoyed it, man. Yeah, you're and having a good time. You're making people around you happy. What more do you want? Nothing more. Not perfect. It was perfect. I mean, unless there's an urgent need to get some stuff done, in which case balance it out. But all that out. was taken care of. But and the extra fine. people around got taken care of, and we made great meals together. And Perfect. I may have I may have an idea for a podcast. It's, um, <laughs> it's a cooking show because what I love to do, let me tell you, just from this, watching all these people buy 20-pound bags of pinto beans, I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, what's that all about? My motherfucking refried beans are on point now, man. And any <laughs> obuela, any obuela in Oxnard, which is this is my no lose situation. Bring it on! I challenge you. You could have a good because uh, even good... if mine lose and hers are great, I win either you still way. Eat the good stuff, yes. And uh, it was just amazing, like things like that. But um, I, I want to do the cultural appropriation cooking show. I love. Where it. each week <laughs> today it's Indian food. And Let's we're try that. It. Yes, and. Uh, because it's just too much fun. Everybody Actually, my, my chicken tiki masala ain't bad either. Everybody in the world does it. It does. It's just a great... I don't know. It seems like too much fun. All right, real quick. This is a, probably not like a great idea for us to be doing. But after being in the house... And Gretchen, she's compromised. Thank you so much. We have awesome smoothies here. Cheers. Thank you. Can we do a virtual tap? Ding. I have a super quick. Delicious. There's watermelon. Mm, there's no waste in there. Watermelon and mint, I would say. Mm. So, uh, Gretchen really hadn't gone out. We, um, I told you about the time, like the first, it was like before they came down. So this was when the panic buying went down. And we had this insane time. Our grocery store, it actually had a, the phones weren't being answered. So it went to the loudspeakers. So it was like, meh, and right. people and everything was gone and people were freaking out and it was closing early it was just like literally out of the zombie movie and she hadn't been to a grocery store since then because we just didn't yeah, want her to of go course. so we decided you need to get out of the house we'd made one trip and we did a tour just to go see desolate la because mm-hmm. i wanted to see it with my own eyes so i got up at seven o'clock when i used to go into the city and it would take an hour and a half to two hours sometimes it was 51 minutes yeah because you were going 80 miles an hour the whole of way, course, of course. right into L.A., going to L.A., it was vacant, which still just blew my mind. Yep. Um, so, I guess last Tuesday, a week ago, um, we decided, we'll just do a little trip, we'll stay in the car, you know, we'll get gas at some point, and that'll literally be the only, and just drive. So we drove all the way to the Salton Sea, which is terrifying, and creepy and crazy, did a loop around it, came back up the other way, and then that's the bottom of Joshua Tree. Um, drove up to the closed gates of Joshua Tree, smoked a big joint, and then drove home. But it was delightful. We did stop through, um, which I'd never been to, um, Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. That might as well be a museum. Those 1950s houses are untouched. Yeah. I hear there's a big gay population. Huge. Not to besmirch in any way. Absolutely. They keep this shit on point. Yep. It is gorgeous. Every one of those houses looks like a picture from a museum. On that note, I have to tell you this. So I was in Palm Springs. Uh, Savannah's second MMA fight uh-huh. was in Palm Springs. And um, so we got a, 
we got an Airbnb, you know, we we rented something and we went. And of course, Palm Springs was a gay guy having his house and super sweet and nice. And we walk in and he's all like, oh, here is, go ahead. And this is going to be your room, blah, blah, blah. And we go in and there's a six foot tall painting of this dude half naked with nice. a cock piece on. Excellent. I was just laughing my ass off. I was like, yep, I think the stories about the strong gay presence in Palm Springs are accurate. It was pretty funny. I think so too. It was great. It was probably, it was super vacant too. The thing we found out that the, the way they're keeping the people down with this traveling during the coronavirus, no place to pee. Right, because every single gas stations yeah, won't let you. They're yep. all closed. Now, once you got past Palm Springs out into Salton Sea, not a problem. Right. But that's sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. the Inland Empire and all that. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, that's funny. But it was fantastic. And it ended up the Ralphs at Palm Springs. Nice. Their bathrooms were open. And those people, everybody was masked up. It was like the complete yeah, opposite yeah, of, of these protesters in the madness of course. like that. Yeah, that part, yeah, don't get me started on that one, because that's a weird one. But yeah, man, on that note, be a good human. Don't yeah. be wasteful. Be kind to other people. Wash Just, your hands. Yeah, think about... <laughs> play with different ideas. Don't be so damn sure of that the one that you're holding on is the one, and anyone who doesn't believe the same must be the enemy. You know, tread carefully. I do have one that we should hold on to because there's no question that it's correct. What we're doing is not the answer. Yeah. I mean, clearly. It's, yeah. It's obviously, I mean, before this, it was pretty clear that we're not on a sustainable path as no. a species. So, you know, it doesn't mean that it's all going to go to hell. There's a way to fix it. Let's do that. Azog agrees. Yes. All right, everybody, be careful. Well, the funky music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode of Drunk and Dallas Podcast. Outdoors, lovely. It couldn't be a nicer day here today in the dappled sunlight underneath the uh, porch area. Looking at the new garden around the corner there. That's very exciting. It's so much fun to watch people start gardening. Yep. You're like the sixth or seventh for me now, and everybody ends up happy. Yeah, no, it's a good... uh, The only part that's not happy right now is because everybody's doing it. Prices for like raised beds or something have more than doubled. Yeah. So everything costs more because they know that there's an audience to gouge. But um, but still. (laughs) Keep those victory gardens from being victorious. Right. Running up the prices. I don't know. It's just fun. I can't wait to see. You guys are going to have a lot of good stuff out of it. And just the sad thing is this is just the beginning. You're going to be hooked bad. But if you're hey, gonna be hooked that's on not something. a bad. That's not a bad thing. No, so not I at all. Dig it. It's funny. The worst thing in the world is once you've grown zucchinis all summer, and then you gotta buy one again. You're oh. mad about it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, who are the kind of folks that that, that donated to us this year? I, I, year. <laughs> this this week, year. <laughs> every week feels like a year. Let the pottering begin. Sweet folks are Mr. Thomas Robinson, Ross Cranham, Chris Treshbal, Andre Garapetian, Nick Zunik, and Lisa Robles. Excellent. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to join these sweet folks, you can go at paypal.me 
forward slash D Bolelli, as in the first initial of my first name, D as in Daniele. So paypal.me forward slash the letter D and my last name, B-O-L-E-L-L-I. That would be sweet. Uh, anything else we need to throw out there? Uh, Kiva is doing a lot of loans for people in the U.S. that need help right now. So I know not a lot of extraneous income here and there, but you know, $25 goes a long way to help some folks out, and they are continuing at it. And you and your your fellow listeners are responsible for over $155,000 in loans. Thanks to you guys, for sure. It's awesome to be a part of all that. And who would have thought all these years ago when we started, now we literally are on a path to a quarter million. That's Pretty damn solid. Yeah. That's a lot. So for those of you who want to advertise, people do listen. Sweet. That's all I got. Sweet, sweet, sweet. You guys have an awesome day. I didn't even show off my custom mask. Check you out. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! In questo cazzo, in questo caso le provvidenze di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. Fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's... <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> Sorry. Well, <coughs> we'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> That's maybe too powerful. <laughs> What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?